Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And And you're you're listening listening to Fathomless. almost valentine's day happy almost valentine's day will you be my valentine i will be your valentine just because you're in relationships and or married you can have platonic valentines yeah i have several yeah you're definitely like my valentine year round always always (laughs) you are my valentine are you guys like doing anything for valentine's day no we both work so we're just gonna have like um a nice dinner. Sean works at a bar down the street, so he's actually going to bring home takeout. And I'm thinking of making some chocolate-covered strawberries. Ooh, the best. Oh, yeah. You got to do, like, some kind of fun dessert for Valentine's Day. Yeah. You the, always need something. The you know? Ghirardelli melting chocolate. Oh, primo. Chef's kiss. The best. Sometimes, like, I will just, like, eat the chocolate pieces. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, yeah, like the little, like, wafers. They melt in your Love mouth. Love them. Oh, my God. So good. The dark chocolate ones, the white Ooh, chocolate ones. They're all really the good. Yeah, they're so good. Um, Andrew's going to be away for Valentine's Day. Oh, um, that's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, a big, like. True. Yeah. But we are going to go out to dinner to this, like, kind of, not really nice-ish restaurant. That's not, nice. Yeah. In, you know, in, just something nice. Go yeah. out to dinner. Have a nice dinner. I well, love Well, we're that. trying all the restaurants in town. Um because like we're new to that area. So How was that Italian place with the parrot on the sign? So good. Oh, we're going to go there. Okay, so okay. me me and Andrew and Susie went there. We got the pizza. So fucking good. Oh um, yeah. I got a tiramisu martini. Ooh. Oh my god, it was so good. Ooh, la, it was la. very strong, so I only needed oh, one. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but our waitress was um not nice. Oh, boy. Yeah. So Andrew was very, very put off to this place. And then my mom and my stepdad came up last weekend to visit from North Carolina. And we were thinking of a place to go out to dinner. And my mom really wanted to go to that place. And Andrew was like, okay, fine, we'll go. And then You can't let one waitress ruin the experience. Yeah. Especially if the food's good. The food was really good. So we went Waitress was bad and food was bad. Nah. Yeah. No, we went back. Andrew totally changed his mind. He loves it. We had a great waitress. Her name was Jen. <gasps> and we bonded. Perfect. Yep. Name. Jen's. Um, well, it was funny because she said her name and then she's like, I'll be right back. Take your drink order. Came back. And then she's like, she asked if like we remembered her name. And I said, yep, it's Jen because that's my name too. So I remembered. So I was like, I'm going to ask it. for you every time I come down. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, I, so as you guys know, we both record episodes. Amanda and I live two states away, two, yes. ha- two hours and away. And we both work full time and, you know, have like, you know, big lives yeah. other than just doing our podcast, which we love to do. Um, but yeah. we're so sorry that we recorded in a cave the last, like, so we four have days. This, we have this new soundboard. <laughs> yeah. So we have this new soundboard that is, um, we're still learning how to use it. It's definitely, absolutely improved our audio. Oh, yeah. Um, but because we bulk record and because we're new at this and because we're not techie people and the soundboard is all new to us, yeah. um, it seems like we had our echo up a little bit. Up a little we bit. We missed that somehow in one of our sound checks or one of us bumped it during an episode and it just 
became because I I was listening to Poe, and I noticed that I was very echoey, and I was like, oh, oh boy. So yeah, now we're and doing... then every episode since Poe, even yeah. the episode that's coming out, um, or that came out. Well, what? the one that's coming out tomorrow on the sixth, February sixth. That's yeah. going to be a little echoey as well. Yes. So I mean, now that. We kind of made that mistake. We're never going to make that mistake again. We're going to oh, be very yeah. conscious about all the settings on the soundboard yes. before we record any episode, even if we're bulk recording. Yeah, because so, we want to give you guys the best. Um, so no one even noticed. I mean, at least no one said anything. No one said anything so, to me, but like if I can hear it, I know yeah, other people can hear it too. If we can hear it, then we know you guys can hear it. And we want to give you the best but quality we, that but we, we can. We pick these cases because we want to talk about them and we want to get their stories out there and we want to make everyone aware. Because, you know, most of our cases are unsolved. So just just because the audio is a little weird, it's, a, you know, our research. We take time to do our research. We take time to pick what cases we're doing. We really think about what yeah. we're talk, what we're going to talk about. So listen through <laughs> the shitty audio yes. for the victims. And it not will for get us. <laughs> better as we go. It's already leaps and bounds from our first episode, most definitely. So, uh, yeah. So. How have you been, Amanda? I haven't seen you or like checked in with you in like I've, a few weeks. I've been doing really good. Yeah, how's works. Work? Oh, work's been going fabulous. Good. We've been uh, killing it. I work in like sales, so we've actually had a really, really successful first month of the year. So it's just kind of set us off for we're getting really stoked and you know very excited. So work's been super great. I uh, I've been doing a lot of painting. Yeah, I noticed. Yes. Yeah. I've been trying to really just, you know, embrace You're my artistic thing at painting. I look Thanks. at your paintings and I'm like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, we may or may not be having a paint night hosted by me on Air Bachelorette. Yay. So that's awesome. It'll be fun. Yeah. I was thinking that. We got to do something like that. Oh, yeah. Because you're, there, I feel like everyone would love that. There may or may not be canvases already purchased. Oh, and don't tell me anymore. Too. Don't tell me anymore. So <laughs> you just wait and see. I'm so excited. There's going to be so many fun things. I am. So I'm planning Jen's bachelorette party with her sister, Alana. And we are just, you know, going, going ham. Nuts. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's a different type of bachelorette. Oh, we're yeah. Because just... we're 30. So it's. More like a, a girl's weekend away in the woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're not doing any partying, really. Yeah, we're not going to so. bars, you know. There will be some mimosas, but I feel like that's just, you know, that's about as for crazy a fun weekend. As we get. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, work's been busy with me, too. I'm still learning my job. I'm only a few months in. Yeah, but, but you're killing it. I mean, I'm getting good reviews from my boss. I'm getting re- good reviews from all my coworkers, and they all have good things to say, and even though, like, every day I go up to my computer with, like, anxiety. And I'm like, oh, my God, my to-do list today. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, but. Well, you always kill it. And Jen's going to be real humble about this. But she's actually, you know, just, like, a strong-ass, just badass woman who also got herself a standing desk and one of those little walking pads. <laughs> so she's not just, like, the, like, you know, she's not like me just sitting on my ass in my living room with, like, Buffy the Vampire, Vampire Slayer on in the background or, you know scrubs or something hey not gonna lie sometimes my bong's next (laughs) true true there may or may not always you know um but but i have my standing desk i i I raise it up i got my walking pad i walk when i work um honestly like i'm you're trying to fit into my wedding dress because my wedding dress doesn't zip as of today 
So trying to trying to do that, and also just like I need to move. I'm getting older. I already like have like back problems. Oh yeah, like, like aches problems. and pains. My knees. Oh, constantly. My knees. The my ankles. knee locked up the other day. Ooh. I couldn't even like straighten it for like two hours. My ankle does that sometimes, where I'll go to like stand, and it just is like not, not the right place, and it's not fun. Yeah. So that no one wants. I mean, nobody wants a podcast about us getting old. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? After you hit twenty five, it all goes downhill. Hate to break it, it does. to you. It does. Oh my god, I threw my back out the other day. Um, I don't know how. And I woke up and I felt like uh Mr. Krabs in that one scene where he like feels really old. Yeah. You know, the oh my god. Where he's like, yeah. Are you feeling it, Mr. Krabs? That episode, every any, you know, any millennial knows what I'm talking about right now. You feel it but now, that Mr. episode Krabs? in Do the beginning, Mr. Krabs gets out of bed and there's some like super sad song playing and he's just like hobbling. <laughs> to like the bathroom and that was me for like a good three hours in the morning yeah it was fucking terrible everyone knows like if, when you hang out with me i'm if i'm sitting on the ground like and i try to stand up after a while like it's gonna take me a good 10 minutes where i'm fully upright oh god yeah it's it's bad it's bad so i hate when people like oh you're only 30 you're so young i'm like i want to fucking hear it because my body tells me otherwise. Right? Yeah. There's the body of an 80-year-old woman stuck inside this 30-year-old skin. So. Yep. And I'm also getting eye surgery on Thursday. You're going to be okay. So it's just send like, good vibes to Jen for her eye surgery. It's just like getting old. Eye surgery. New prescription. Although this will come out after the eye surgery. Yeah, so. this will this will come out after the eye surgery. You'll be fully it's... recovered by that point. Hopefully. I mean, I'll still probably I'm gonna have say some... you're gonna be fully recovered. I'll I'll have some blurriness still, but like I'm hoping that the pain's gonna be gone yeah, because be gone. it's gonna be a painful recovery. So like eye pain I anything with the eyes, I'm fucking yeah. all set. I'm like good. if my eye hurts, I can't do anything. I can't clean. I don't wanna eat. Like I, I don't want anything yeah. to do with anything. You don't like I just lay there. Yeah. That's all I can put do. me in a dark room in a comfy spot and leave me. Um, they are giving me a Xanax pre-surgery. That'll be good. At least you'll be able to kind of calm yourself down. Yeah, because I'm like super like, oh, my God. And I know when I get there, I'm going to be freaking out. So yeah. I'll get that to calm me down. Think- thankfully, like. Yeah, you don't want to get too in your head. Yeah. That, and like, then second happen, especially with like any surgery. Yeah. Like, right before you go in, you always kind of have that moment of like, oh, shit. Yeah, they'll give me some like um, numbing eye drops as well that'll out be nice. to take home. So that'll be nice because and then you'll have your hubby to take care of you. Yep, yep. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, he better. If not, I'll be driving up there. No, he will. He took the okay. He good. took a couple days off because he has to drive me, and I have a one day post op, so I have to stay overnight. Be bringing my computer and just working with you. <laughs> um but yeah i have to take like a couple days off work i can't look at screens for like a few days i won't even be able to use my phone for like two days so it'll be a nice try to it'll be a nice like a mini vacation from you know the world technology yeah Yeah, but i'm gonna be sitting there fucking wishing i'd be hounding andrew for updates (laughs) um yeah just text text him if you want to get through to me oh yeah um but i mean you're good. I'm good. Nice yeah, little check in with each other. Um, we hope all of you are good. We hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, also, it was like freezing cold. Oh, yeah. Anyone up in the Northeast dealt with that nightmare of like wind and you know Arctic chills and hor- horrible temperatures. Yeah, it was negative 18 in New Hampshire. And I guess on the top of Mount Washington, it was the 
coldest temperature ever recorded. It was like yes. a negative like 100 I don't even know. Over negative 100 degrees. Did you see the article I shared about, about the cat? Yes. Yeah. I know. I feel like we talked about that on another episode. We did. Yeah. And yeah. So that I still can't remember his name. I can't remember his it's name. It's like either. Henry or something. something. It's like a, it's a, a people name. I yeah. know it is. But he's adorable. And he slept through the entire storm. Apparently. Is, is he inside somewhere? Yeah. So okay, there's okay. a weather observatory up there. So he stays with like the scientists that are up there. Oh, I love that adorable all right so i think we should just get right into it yeah we're gonna get into it this is kind of gonna be a quick one today um there you know there wasn't too too much information about it but we are gonna talk about the saint valentine's day massacre so we wanted to do something that was kind of valentine's day related and i mean this isn't romantic in any way at all it's a true crime podcast exactly i wouldn't but... expect it to end with romance and roses no but it did happen on february 14th 1929 so we've got some mobsters we've got some bootleg some alcohol it's going to be fun but it's also going to be terrible i'm ready so i'm strapped in i got my seatbelt on excellent so the saint valentine's day massacre is actually refers to the slaying of five members of Chicago's North Side Gang and two of their associates. All right. So we're leaving New England for this episode. Yes, we so are going to leave New England for okay. this episode and take a little trip to Illinois. All right. I mean, it's not Chicago. too far. No, no. Chicago. Chicago. I'm so sorry to anyone. I know that's not a Chicago That's okay. Accent. I just sang the Chicago song. I don't even know if that's the real Chicago song. Do you remember that show? I think it was like. I think I was too old to watch it, that Victoria show. Yes. And her older sister yep. put on a show. And oh, oh, yeah. Okay, go on. I do remember <laughs> that. We were definitely too, too young to <laughs> We were too old to too watch old, that. Yeah. We were like in high school when that show was out. Um, my younger sisters watched that. Jasmine watched that. Okay. But more appropriate for them. <laughs> you know, that was my excuse to watch it. <laughs> So the perpetrators of this are actually officially by the books unknown. Okay. Uh, however, it is widely suspected, pretty much a given, that this attack was done by a gang known as Egan's Rats, which is a group that was affiliated with the North Side Gang's bitter rivals. Can you guess what their name was? The South Side Gang. Oh, I was going to say the South Side original. Serpents. Oh, from <laughs> South Side Serpents. From Riverdale. <laughs> Riverdale. <laughs> oh shit. I love Riverdale. Um it's not a bad it's not a bad show. It's good. So this uh, the Southside gang was actually run by none other than the big boss mob boss boss. Blah, 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 blah. Big mob boss. Sorry guys. Pause between your words. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little excited there. Uh himself, Al Capone. Al Capone. Yep, Al Capone. So I actually just sent Jen pictures of a couple of the guys we're going to talk about just so she could get, like, the image in her head of what they look like. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we all know who Al Capone is, pretty sure, for the most part. But I said when it in you my think, fake Italian accent. Yeah, I was when like, you think, like, the 1920s, <laughs> bada-bing, bada-boom mobster, you're thinking Al Capone. Yeah. So it was believed that this attack was actually the result of an ongoing competition for control of all organized crime in the city of Chicago which was a pretty big deal 
I mean, during this time, organized crime was very rampant in the area and pretty much all over the U.S. Uh, mobsters were, it was pretty much how we see it portrayed in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Prohibition, this was 10 years into it, which was really what kind of catapulted organized crime to the forefront of everything. And Prohibition actually began on January 16, 1919. I kind of wanted to look into it a little bit because I know we all glazed over it in some history class at some point in our time. But yeah, I figured I'd like look a little deeper into it, see what it was Well, about. this is a true crime slash mystery slash history exactly. podcast. Because <laughs> I'm all about that history. It's so funny. I'm just going to interrupt you. I'm sorry. <laughs> my parents came to visit. We're driving through town. There's a river that runs through like my whole town, and yeah. it's called the Ashalot River. And um, I gave this history lesson already in a previous episode, but the area that is now New Hampshire used to be known as like Upper Ashalot. Yeah. So I gave that whole like lesson to my family, and they're like, "Where did you learn this?" I was like, "Wikipedia." <laughs> <laughs> so. I was there on little. Works. Sometimes those references at the bottom take you to some fucking great sites, and you can find some really cool shit. Well, I wanted to know what the river was called. Exactly. Town, so, anyway, go back. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> prohibition began on January 16, 1919, when the U.S. government ratified the 18th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, and this amendment, this amendment, this amendment made the manufacturing, transportation and selling of intoxicating liquors illegal in the U.S. This included beer, wine, liquor, anything like that. Though it did not ban the consumption of these intoxicating liquors. So you could drink it, so, but you so couldn't buy it. So you could drink it. it, but you couldn't buy it, you couldn't sell it, you couldn't transport it. Okay. You couldn't make it. Okay. So, which basically, so if you yeah, can get your hands it. on it somehow, you can drink it. Exactly. Okay. Weird little thing that was in there. I thought that was odd. So this amendment was proposed with the idea that banning these substances, and I mean, I'm going to, I should preface this by saying this is a very, this is a grossly broad description of it. There is a whole temperance movement that came before the Prohibition Act. I'm not going to do a deep, deep dive into this. This isn't that, we're not that kind of big of a history podcast, you know, I'm not going to yeah. we just bore do everybody with a Schoolhouse Rock episode, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so before anyone emails me and is like, get the prohibition, blah, blah, the temperance movement, not that anyone would, I hope not, please don't be that person. No, but, I doubt it, you know, I don't think anyone cares If, if you much. do like a little, re- if you want to learn more, do a little research about it, but this is just a broad description of it, but basically this amendment was proposed with the idea that banning these substances would help reform and kind of get rid of some unsavory societal problems like poverty, violence, immoral sex, and uh, workplace accidents. You know, super important things, especially, you know, immoral sex. Can't be having that. No. None of that. None of that treachery. (laughs) You harlots. (laughs) Sorry. So, obviously, the amendment did not have the impact that the government was expecting. Uh, I guess for like a little bit, you know, alcohol consumption kind of decreased, but of course citizens found their way to kind of bend and break the rules and home distilled alcohol quickly became a super big thing. And so did people dying of home distilled alcohol as well. Oh God. Uh, There was actually, uh, I found one thing, it was 10,000 deaths alone from methane poisoning from people attempting to make wood alcohol at home as well as thousands of other kind of poisonings, explosions, house fires, 
was basically like the meth labs of their time. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. need to get some kind of people just wanted to fucking get fucked people up. People wanted to drink. And honestly, alcohol has a huge dependency. So, I mean, people, that's yeah. that's what people have for years, years and years and years. And then all of a sudden you're just going to be like, mm, nope. So, yeah, of course, it was OK for like a month or so because, you know, everyone was like, this is all right. And then once they hit that, like, you know, 30 day, 40 day mark, they were like, holy shit and withdrawing and started finding other ways to do it like drinking gasoline and you know yeah all kinds that's of other not things dumb. but yeah, people will do crazy things yeah. so of course this also led to a lot of organized crime there was people bringing alcohol in from you know Mexico Canada Cuba all kinds of other places which led to bootlegging um it also kind of led to drag racing i found out cuz okay. people had to build cars that could outrace the officers ah, as they were transporting liquor. Got it. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, no, not cool. Breaking the law, not cool. Shouldn't Don't say. break the law. <laughs> Don't break the law, guys. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there was a huge increase in organized crime, especially in big cities, big cities. Now they've kind of like set the scene a little, explain, explain explained prohibition did you have enough coffee this morning three cups of coffee this morning maybe you had too much you're like i I woke up at like six because the cats woke me up i made like a whole big sunday breakfast jen came here i had fucking pancakes Pancakes. i made an omelet for myself it was amazing Mm. sausages just the whole thing so yeah i've been up for a while been super excited to talk about the valentine's day massacre because you know it's a fun one yeah for i guess as fun as crime can get we're it's just tri- we're just tripping over our words a little this morning. I'm sorry, guys. It's, I'm like, hey, it's okay. Super caffeinated. <laughs> anyway, now that we've set the scene a little bit, uh-huh. we're gonna get into it. So on the morning of February 14th, 1929, five members of the Northside Gang and two of their associates were inside of the SMC Cartage Co. Garage. Garage awaiting a delivery. The garage was basically a front for the Northside's bootleg operation. And that morning, they were supposed to be getting a shipment of some bootleg whiskey in. Okay. So they were all kind of hanging out, waiting there for it to be dropped off. And the Northside gang was mainly an Irish and Polish gang run by George Bugs Moran, who was not there during the attack, but he was the mob boss during the time of this attack. Uh-huh. I sent you a picture of him as well. Yes, you did. They all just, you know, I'll put pictures up on Instagram too. They all have those like cool hats on. They do the fedoras, cigars in their you mouth. Know. <laughs> it's very classic, classic. I know she sent me these looking. pictures, and I was like, I feel like I'm like watching like Three Stooges or something. <laughs> just one of those, you know, black and white movies. Yeah, definitely. Very. very I love classic twenties kind of look. So inside the garage, there was. A, um, there was Moran's right hand man and brother in law, Albert. I'm gonna totally butcher this. Kachelik. Okay. I'm pretty sure is how you say it. He also went by the alias James Clark. Mm-hmm. So some people might know him as that if they okay. see him, you know, when they're researching it. And Adam Heyer, who is the Northside Gang's bookkeeper and business manager. Albert Weinshank, who ran several several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran. They all had some kind of big part in the gang's, you know, kind of mm-hmm. structure. 
And then there was Frank and Peter Gusenberg, who were the gang's best hitmen, basically. Mm-hmm. Which Gusenberg? Yeah, Gusenberg. I also thought it was like just their brothers. It seems like I'm talking about a movie. It really does. It, it was made into a movie. Oh, um, was it, it was the '60s. It was very dry. Got it. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I've seen much better. So, don't hate me if you if you watch it and you're like, "This sucks." I don't think anyone's <laughs> seen that. Uh so like I said before, there were also two associates with the gang inside the garage as well. There was Reinhardt Schwimmer. Schwimmer. Yeah, Reinhardt. Like, that's a very interesting first name. Uh, but Mr. Schwimmer was a former optician turned gambler. So that that's kind of sad. Like optician, like eye doctor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's like, that, eh, I don't want to be an eye doctor. Yeah. I'm gonna well, gamble. I'm guessing he kind of fell to an addiction and then Okay. Gambling is, you know. Addicting? Yeah. Oh yeah, very. Uh so that's why I was kinda like, oh that's poor dude. Yeah. Kind of just hanging out with the gang, you know, just living that life. And then there was also John May, an occasional mechanic for the gang. So these are all the people from the Northside gang who are hanging out in the garage. And around 1030 in the morning, some witnesses who were in the area saw a black Cadillac pull up in front of the garage. And four men got out of the vehicle. Two of them were dressed as Chicago police officers. Um, and one was in a suit and a fedora, and the other one was wearing a chinchilla fur coat oh my and a fedora. God. A chinchilla yes. coat. Yep, a chinchilla coat. So the four men quickly charged into the building as if they were raiding it like police officers. And once inside, uh, forensics basically says that these guys surrounded the seven men that were inside and forced them to line up and face a brick wall that was in the back of the garage. Mm -hmm. So the four mystery men emptied 70 rounds of ammunition into these seven members of the North Holy Side Holy shit. Yes. It was about like 90 to They're like, bullets. line up. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. Yep. So, so straight out of a movie. Literally. So the, the weapons used. I feel like I'm watching the, a mob movie. The weapons head. used were the Thompson submachine gun, a.k.a. Oh the Tommy God. gun. Oh, my God. Also known as the Chicago typewriter, that classic machine yep. gun that they pop out. Exactly. Did you guys like my impression of that gun? Yes. Thank Very you. Good. Thank you. So the people who lived in the area obviously heard the commotion. They ran out to see what was going on, but everything happened so quickly. Uh, all they saw was the four men driving away in this black Cadillac. Nobody got a good look at their face, or if somebody did. Nobody came forward because obviously they know that this is, you know, that was the Northside gang. Yeah. So, and one was like, dressed as a police officer, too. Exactly. Said, right? So they're really not sure what's going on. So when the real police arrived on the scene, Frank Gusenberg was miraculously still alive. Oh my God. Even though he had been shot 22 times. Shut up. And he's still alive. Yes. That is pure fucking luck. Barely. Was so, he the only one that lived? Only one. Okay. It do does not live long. Okay. So when the police actually arrived, he was still like conscious. And when they asked who shot him, he responded, no one, nobody shot me. Oh, yeah. Just bullet sir, holes. Sir, yeah, there's 22, 22 bullet, bullet holes. holes in your body. You're like, you're not, 
normally you don't look like fucking Swiss cheese. Like somebody. <laughs> well, he's not gonna fess up and be like, oh, the, the oh, he didn't want to be my rat. rival. Get yeah, exactly. True, yeah. true mom spirit killed the cat. It was yeah. last breath. Yeah, that was Frank. So he actually uh, passed three hours later. Oh, okay. Um. So you know, from his non-shooting related injuries. Yeah, he just <laughs> he just fell on some. Yep. Yeah. Some just sticks. a freak. I don't know. Car, you know, explosion in the in the garage or something. Yep. yep. Sure. Totally. So the violent attack against the North Side Gang was actually too intense for them to come back from, and Bugs Moran lost his territory in that area to the South Side Gang, mm-hmm. Al Capone. Bugs Moran was convinced that Capone was behind the hit, and he was actually quoted saying that only Capone would kill like. So So that was like his style, his MO. Oh, definitely. Uh, So Capone was conveniently vacationing in Florida at the time of this attack. Oh, conveniently. Yes. So Establishing an alibi. Never investigated or charged with any kind of crime. However, Capone's bodyguard, Machine Gun Jack. Machine Gun Jack? Yes, Machine Gun Jack. Not Machine Gun Kelly? Not Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) And. Oh, you sure? Oh, yeah. Oh. Can tell by you the sure? pictures that is not Machine Gun Kelly. Okay, I love Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. But um, oh god, I can't. That's definitely the where names. he's had to got his name from. Most definitely, that was definitely some have. inspo. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. So I um, where am I going with this? Yes, Machine Gun Jack was actually arrested and charged with orchestrating the fake whiskey delivery that ultimately led to the seven men. Being in the garage on so that there day. was no whiskey delivery. There was no whiskey delivery. <sighs> yeah, bummer. They tricked them. They did. They bamboozled Aww. them. They bamboozled them. They did. Bada bing, bada boom, bada boo. <laughs> What's the saying? Uh, the what? The agabagool? No. Or you bada s- bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Okay, I had there's, it kind of several. right. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. I promise we're not we, going to do that the whole episode. We might. We might. We might. We and might. if you love us, you'd stay and yeah, listen to all the nonsense. Uh, God, I hope so. Because this podcast isn't just true crime, mystery, history. It's a little bit of nonsense thrown in. Especially, it's a little bit of nonsense, a little bit of banter. We, I feel like you can't talk about a bunch of dark shit without having some kind of humor thrown in. Oh, absolutely. How else depression. are you supposed to get through it? Exactly. People are like, how could you do that and like research all that? It's so sad. I'm just like, well. And also, sometimes people need to be talked about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People need to be talked about. Awareness needs to be out, needs to get out there. We do things like this that are just like Valentine's Day for fun. Exactly. But you got to throw a little bit of. Yeah. Like, throw a little bit of a boom in here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to make anyone upset by this podcast. We want to make you guys laugh at points, too. Exactly. (sighs) So, back to Machine Gun Jack. So he actually had an alibi for that day, for for the morning of February 14th. Apparently, he was with his uh, fairly new wife, Louise, who refused to testify against him. And she couldn't be forced to testify against him because he was her husband and Mm -hmm. can't be forced to testify against a spouse. So she actually corroborated his story and said that she was with him. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. But Maybe a she's Valentine's Day date. Exactly. She's if actually he known as the blonde alibi. Okay. I'll find a picture of her and show you um, her as well. Very classic, like, 
20s, early 30s looking woman. Uh, so the charges were eventually dropped and it really kind of went nowhere yeah. further. So unfortunately, there was no other big leads in the investigation and it, you know, officially on the books remains unsolved, but we all kind of know who did it. Yeah. The uh, side Serpents. Southside Serpents. <laughs> so to be honest, I really don't think Chicago PD was really putting like their much effort into it anyway. It was organized yeah. crime. Is this the end? They, not yet. Okay, okay. I was going to say, is this it? Well, clearly the police didn't do anything. The police didn't do much. This remains unsolved, but we still have more to talk about about Mr. Capone and okay, what happens okay. the rest of his life. Okay. But that is pretty much it on the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So they just kind of left it? They, it was just kind of that. They pretty much knew what happened, but they could not. They, the Chicago PD really didn't have any way to fight the organized. Yeah, it was also like the 1920s, so they like, were probably they might have been in on it. There is they could have been in on there it. There was or... some things I read that said that the um, Chicago PD was possibly working with Capone. And I was that's just how they ask. had uniforms. I was just going to ask. They're that. not sure if they were real officers or not officers, but they had Chicago PD uniforms. So, as far as they were considered, nobody knew these four assailants who shot these seven men from the North Side Gang. And it was just known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And Al Capone went on to be the biggest, like, the king of Chicago. Wow. Biggest mob boss ever in that area. Yeah, the police definitely had to have been in on this. Or just shitty 1920s police work. Yeah, exactly. They were like, yeah, we won't bother. It's It's gang uh, shit. Gang on gang violence. Oh, well. Not going to look into it any further. That pretty much was there. Well, it's probably not going to get looked into ever because it was over 100 years ago. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Al Capone went on to just kind of take over that territory and continue to be the biggest mob boss in the area. That wasn't the end of the Northside gang. They were still around. Yeah. But they did not. They but never the Southside definitely had They definitely the had hand. the upper hand from then on. Okay. So, it was pretty obvious that they had something to do with it. And Al Capone went on to be the king of Chicago for another two years until he was actually sentenced to 11 years of prison for... What? Tax fraud. Uh, oh, God. Really? You're yep. you're the king of a mob and you're going to jail for tax fraud? Yes. Come on. I thought that was the most... That, that was just... That's that was just, great. Yeah. That's just an oxymoron. Freaking hilarious. So he served time in several prisons, including Alcatraz which I'm sure people know yeah. that name. It's, you know, one Wait, of those... Wait, Azkaban? Azkaban, <laughs> yes. He no, I, guys, I'm totally... Azkaban. I'm totally kidding. I know. I know. <laughs> I just like to be funny. He was Sellies with Sirius Black. Oh, my God. Was <laughs> just, he? Did he know Harry Potter himself? Yes. Just So kidding. cool. Nope, nope. Just okay. Alcatraz. He served time in Alcatraz, and Capone remained in prison until he was finally taken out by the biggest and scariest mobsters of them all. Can you guess who he is? Syphilis. Oh, my God. I was, like, waiting <laughs> for you to name a person. I'm nope. like, who? Who? I was like, Whitey Bulger? No. Syphilis. No. Too, 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 too soon. Too time. Too, too soon. <laughs> oh, that's how he died? Uh, not officially. Okay. He was actually compassionately released, basically, because he was so sickly. Oh, God. And it was pretty much... The early by the early forties, the syphilis had done so much damage to his brain that his doctor said that he basically had the 
mental state of a 10-year-old child. Wow. And in 1942, penicillin was discovered. Al Capone was one of the first people to be given this really? wonder drug to try to help combat the illness. So he did eventually pass away. In... It was probably way too late for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely it had already, too late once for the him. brain damage yeah. Can't, yeah. can't come back from that. So no. it had already done what it had to do. You know, that just rots you from the inside out. So Al Capone eventually passed away in 1946 of a heart attack and other health complications. So the site of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre at 2122 North Clark Street in like the Lincoln Park area is what it's known as now in the north side of Chicago is it pretty much was so infamous or infamous from that day that no other business was ever able to escape its shadow. Really? Other people tried to open up in there, but the entire back wall was just riddled with bullet holes. So people would come in and just gawk at that. And everyone knew it as the site of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So So does it still stand today? It does not. Eventually, the city actually demolished the building. And during the demolition, a Canadian businessman actually grabbed some of the bullet hole ridden bricks and figured that he could use these as a way to kind of make some money off of them. And this is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. So after several failed attempts of making money off the bricks, they ended up in a bar uh, behind some urinals and some plexiglass in a way that men could aim at the bullet holes while they were going to the bathroom. That's, I'm sorry, that's like (laughs) kind of wicked dumb. The, literally, that's why I said this is fucking ridiculous. They like, um, so yeah, they're so just they getting pissed up, on. Um, not anymore. They are now on display in the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. Eventually, they got taken there. Oh, I'm going God. to Vegas in July. So there you go. You can go to the Mob Museum and you can see these bricks. Okay, I'll ask that were also to to in some museum. urinal in some Canadian bar. Yeah, maybe they got like pissed still on them. Well, there Great. was there was plexiglass blocking yeah, the bricks, yeah. so it wasn't going on okay. them, but. I mean, they that's have a just mob the, dumb, museum. the, the dumbest that's shit crazy. I've ever heard of. But they do. They Apparently, they have a mob museum. Wow. So, there you go. Something right. to do other than going to a casino. I really don't know what's in Vegas. I'm sure there's um, other shit yeah. I don't. I don't know. I've never Lots been. Lots of restaurants, so. I'm sure. But there you go. There's a mob museum. I'm sure there's other weird museums you could find. Um... So that's yeah, I'm not. Much it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna look into all the museums because that's like pretty interesting. Because I'm not a casino person. Yeah, that'd but, be fun. Yeah. So there you go. You can go to the Mob Museum. Yeah. But that is the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yay! And you know I mean, a little yay. bit about Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> yay for your research. That was great. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of information, but no, there really wasn't. But, I mean, but it was kind of cut and dry, you know. These, yeah. The, like four. They showed up, came got in, shot, and, and left. Yeah. Pretty and much. then Al Capone died of syphilis. Exactly. The end. Complications. Happy Valentine's syphilis, Day. Yeah. I know. Did you like how I dropped that one in there? I thought, like, when you said Valentine's Day massacre, I was thinking. Like a lover, lover's quarrel no, or something? No, I was just thinking, like, people out to eat at dinner for Valentine's Day and something came in to massacre them. Oh, yeah, no. It was a uh, a very classic mobster story, which I thought was, like, I mean, I know not, nothing where people are dying is comical, but it was very cool to to research. And it was yeah. such an interesting time that I feel like it's, you know, 
maybe a little too glamorized in our oh yeah the 20s media where it wasn't so glamorous at oh, all oh fuck no so you know just a little fun little fun valentine's day history for you yeah i love it um well tune in to our episode next week um we know that by the time you are going to be listening to the episode after this it's going to be a few weeks past but um we're going to do some true crime updates yes because there's been a lot of shit happening there is a ton of shit happening in massachusetts right now yeah just all around the world i have a story from south carolina for us yeah because i have some family down there so i see stuff yeah. on facebook pop up all the time yeah and there is a missing person down there um, I'm hoping to God that like maybe we'll have an answer by the time this comes out. If there is, I will post an update on Instagram. Well, we did like a whole like I think half of one of our episodes like a few weeks ago was like talking about like Anna Walsh and all that. And there's been so many like so literally many right things. after like the day after we recorded that. So, so many, so much. I was shit like, by the time up. this episode comes out and people are listening to it, they're gonna be like huh, old news, old news. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, we're just going to do a little update episode for our next episode. So exactly. please tune in. And that is it. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed this. Happy Valentine's Day almost. If you're listening to this on, you know, Monday the 13th when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, hopefully you Or are. on Valentine's Day. You yeah. never know. Um, But yeah, so stay yeah. spooky. Stay scary. And stay safe. Stay safe. See ya. Bye.